Good evening. This is the beginning of, of our Wednesday evening health reading, and I'm going to start a little book called The Cursed Causeless Shall Not Come by Nord Davis. I'm only reading the foreword, and since this should have been published yesterday, I'm going to go ahead and publish it this morning when I'm finished, and then next Wednesday, do the next section. <clears throat> All right, the foreword. This author may very well go to jail for disclosing the facts contained in this booklet. You will read about a very serious subject of cancer. What you will read is the first-person account of how this author was cured of a malignant cancer of the descending colon by a simple dietary procedure. It's expected that this very book will be used against this author to establish legally the fact that he is practicing medicine without a license. He may be ordered by some court to discontinue the future distribution of this book. Why? Cancer treatment is a major part of the multi-billion dollar drug industry. You're being told, and it's now being widely, subtly suggested to you by the doctor TV shows, that the American Cancer Society and the American Medical Association, they're leaving no stones unturned in an all-out effort to find the cause of cancer. But at the very same time, every possible force and pressure is being applied to prevent doctors from using known and effective cancer cures. Instead, they're only permitted by AMA agreement and government coercion through the Federal Food and Drug Administration to treat cancer by means that they know are futile. Chemotherapy, cobalt radiation, and finally, the delaying tactic of surgery. Perhaps you think this is strong language. If the author dared, it would be stronger. Murder one. The author's grandfather died of colon cancer. The author's father died of a cancer-related heart attack. His sister has cancer, has taken the medical approach, and is currently suffering from a series of unnecessary operations as her cancer strikes in first one place and then the other. None of these cancer, cancer victims were ever told by their Marcus Welby doctors that there are alternative choices, that there are valid and effective cancer cures that do not involve such radical surgery, expensive drugs, and radiation. Any doctor who happens to stumble upon an effective treatment or who develops one after years of research may well be thrown into jail, harassed by the courts and AMA, initiated lawsuits, or driven out of the country. It is widely known that cancer can be cured in Mexico. But, <laughs> but why not here? But unfortunately, by the time the average cancer patient learns of such treatment, if indeed he ever does, the practitioner of the AMA have taken the last of his savings and insurance. With no money left, he's found to be terminal and sent home to die. For whatever good it may accomplish, and on behalf of the pitiful cancer patients now longing for the relief of death, this booklet is being published, and that's signed by Nord W. Davis, Jr. Now, I'm only going to read the preface here, and then we'll call it good. Please remember as you read this booklet, the American Medical Association is nothing but a professional organization of businessmen who have combined together to practice one form of the healing art. Their approach to healing is centered around the concept that there's a drug or a combination of drugs that will cause the healing of any malady. And failing that, there is but one recourse to sell expensive drugs that will mask the symptoms or to cut out the offending parts. Incurable disease, by their definition, is just one for which they have not yet discovered the healing drug. 
While it is not denied that many good and Christian men are coerced into joining the AMA in order to teach and preach their professional doctrine, the AMA in general is not a society of altruistic men upon whom God has bestowed some special talent and calling. Well, how so, you say? If the AMA were Christ-honoring and altruistic, they would be among the leaders in encouraging every discipline among the wide spectrum of healing arts and philosophies so that the greatest good might be accomplished for the suffering of mankind. Results, not the victory of one healing art over another, would be their moral criteria. Instead, this curious band of men seem bent upon the satanic thought that if their methods cannot produce a healthy patient, they shall see to it even to the use of governmental force that no competing discipline is to be practiced under their very noses. When these methods are used, that healing art ceases to be a philosophy and has become a religion. Philosophy is an ever-expanding thought process dedicated to the refinement and distillation of truth. Philosophical truth is gleaned from wherever truth is to be found. A philosopher understands that he must process a great deal of chaff to find the wheat, and then a great amount of wheat must be refined to extract the germ of the wheat. But to close one's mind against an avalanche of truth is not the mark of a philosopher. Almost every one of the healing arts has long since ceased to be a philosophy. Each one believes very adamantly that his alone is the sole path to truth and health. But that, you see, is the very mark of a religion. A religion is, by definition, nature and practice, dedicated to an ever-narrowing set of principles. The more religious one is, the more carefully he abides by the tenets and rules of his religion. He does not want to hear about or discuss any possible virtue in any other set of beliefs. Isn't that right? But, hey, notice, when any religion becomes broad enough to be all-inclusive, it ceases to be a religion and has become a philosophy. So this is the difference. A philosophy permits those with opposing philosophies to exist. They even openly compete, as in debates, each trying to win adherence to their line of thought, such as in different political philosophies. Well, like Marxism, it stamps out all who oppose its political concepts, so it's a religion and not a philosophy. That's not so with religion. There are no debates between the leaders of a religion. Each considers the other to be a heretic and beneath him, <laughs> thus unworthy of recognition on an equal footing as in a debate. So herein lies the great undercurrent, yea, the battle for the right of choice among the various healing arts. In demanding absolute conformity to their drug-oriented religion of healing, the AMA is very much like the Church of England some 300 years ago. Their clergy, backed by the force of the crown, insisted that theirs was the only true church, the official church. No others were to be permitted to exist. Because it was a religion, its clergy truly believed they were right, thus they quite naturally held that their doctrine was to be imposed upon the lesser educated people for their own good. All other doctrines were considered heretical, and their adherents were to be imprisoned or burned at the stake in what they believed to be the sacred cause of Christianity. Today we find the High Church of Medicine insisting theirs is the only true religion, the only path to the salvation from disease. All others must at all costs be suppressed. 300 years ago there was a rebellion, and today another is starting. So this little book has been around a long time. I think I was a teenager when my mom had a copy of it. 
and I don't remember reading it then, but later on in my life, I came to need this information, and it surfaced again, and I was really blessed by it, so I hope you will be too. Okay, brothers and sisters, God bless you today, and I will see you with another section of this book next Wednesday night.